Got my coffee and today's guest here with me, so we're ready to roll again. I'm Michael Hanf, Executive Partner at Taiwan Advisory. Welcome to the Circular Coffee Break podcast, where we will be casually talking about everything circular and beyond. Now, we hope the podcast is interesting, insightful, and provides new perspectives for all of you out there. But if you have any feedback, improvement ideas, or want to suggest something, uh, feel free to leave a comment on your favorite podcast platform or drop us a note at info at We're always eager to hear your feedback and your ideas. Now, my guest today has a very long background in the smart building environment. So he started off his career in 2005 with really hands-on construction work at companies like Skanska, before then joining VTT in 2009 to research sustainability and life cycle aspects of buildings and building products. While at VTT, he focused on research and business development in the areas of smart building and smart cities. And in 2019, he moved to Ulva as Chief Sustainability Officer. And since earlier this year, uh, we spoke about it three weeks ago, actually, um, he's now serving as the Chief Executive Officer of the Green Building Council in Finland. He holds a Master of Science in Building Construction Technology and a Doctor of Science in Real Estate Economics from the Aalto University. And if that is not enough sustainability and construction and the built environment, his doctoral thesis had the title Sustainability of Buildings, New Perspectives on Material-Related Environmental Impacts of Buildings. I'm really excited to dive into the deep end of sustainability and circularity in the construction and smart building environment in today's episode. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Antti Ruska. Nice to be here and thank you for the invitation and for the very kind introduction. Thanks for being here and, and My pleasure. very early on in your, in your new role. Um, now, You have been working in the smart building environment with a focus on sustainability for almost 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, to get us started, where do you see the industry today with regards to circularity and sustainability? Yeah, industry of today is, uh, we, we are kind of at the edge and something big is happening mm -hmm. and not everybody has yet realized that. But uh, um, sustainability and circularity is coming to all aspects of our industry from construction to ownership of buildings and uh, so on uh, also on the finance side mm -hmm. and um, not everybody has realized that yet but change is coming and it will mm -hmm. be here within the next 10 years say yeah yeah no I, I fully I fully agree I think the the, the topic has, has gained importance yeah. uh, tremendously over the past couple of months, years, uh, maybe. Now, given your long background and, and your, your in-depth perspective, what has changed since you first started? I mean, I, I mentioned you, you've basically been really hands-on in the construction work um, and where you are now. What, what are the, the topics, what are the changes you've seen in the construction and the real estate world um, mm -hmm. in this in this area yeah there, there are many and um, uh, it's interesting kind of um, seeing the transformation from from this linear model 
we, we think like, yeah, that's like the way we've always operated. Mm. But uh, if we go back to, say, 60s, I live in a, a single family home from the 60s. Yeah. And actually, uh, many of the structures, they are made of uh, wood that was first mm. used uh, as the scaffolding yeah. for the concrete work. Then it was demolished or, or taken, taken part, and then they made the... Um, wooden structures out of those yeah and so kind of a work with your hands labor yeah. intensive yeah. stuff because the material was scarce that mm-hmm. was expensive so on but uh over the years it turns the other way around so materials became cheap labor became expensive yeah. and uh, we got used to kind of uh, this wasteful way of uh, construction and um, now it's kind of a uh, changing it again mm-hmm. so of course the labor is expensive but so are the materials but we cannot waste them anymore mm-hmm. uh, they are becoming scarce because we are using three four planets worth of resources yeah. and our industry is consuming half of it so there's a lot of pressure because of climate change biodiversity loss something needs to be done mm-hmm. and everybody sees that circularity is a key way to solve these problems so massive massive pressure to change but uh how to do it so that's the problem that we are facing now mm-hmm. so how to do that how to do that in every project how to kind of make the change happen in the industry uh, so yeah I, I, fully, yeah. I fully agree with you. I, I think mm. if we go back, I don't know, 50, 60, yeah. 70 years, reusing building material mm-hmm. and, and all of that was, was normal. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it was the way we did things mm-hmm. uh, back, back then. And then we have unlearned that over the years. Yeah. And, and now we need to relearn that. Yes. Yeah. And, and unlearn our wasteful ways of uh, constructing stuff. Yeah, no, I fully, I fully agree. Yeah. Um, from from your point of view, I mean, you mentioned there's a lot happening in the industry at the moment. A, a lot of different players, a lot of different initiatives. Um, are there any projects or initiatives you're seeing that you see as lighthouse projects that that can guide the way of the industry, guide the way of, as as we said, where the industry is going, or are there places where where our listeners could learn more about some of these these projects that you're involved in or that the industry is basically shaped by as we speak? Yeah, very good question. And um, luckily there's many, many things happening. So a lot of projects and uh, kind of... uh, You, you mentioned lighthouses so so forerunners are doing doing things so uh, they are at the moment they're individual projects in individual cities but uh, the examples they are becoming uh, like um, there's more more and more of them mm. every day mm. basically and um, you can of course go to our webpage uh, Finnish Green Building Council and we are listing um, A lot of projects. There's a kind of a project project database uh, where we are listing um, circular uh, related uh, projects at the mm-hmm. moment. But there's also uh, events yeah. where you can learn more. Uh, for example, we uh, have been running this um, Kira Kioski, which is a real estate and construction kiosk. So yeah. basically, this project has been a long long project, and its uh, uh, end seminar is is uh, in. Uh, becoming uh, it's it's going to be in may yeah uh, there will be a webinar of state-of-the-art things in finland and mm-hmm. also from abroad so that's a good way to 
get your introduction. And uh, World Circular Economy Forum is happening mm-hmm. this year in Finland. And uh, there we are actually showcasing seven uh, front-runner projects uh, from Finland. Yeah. And um, yeah, many things happening. But uh, for example, our webpage could be a good way to start exploring yeah. what's what's happening. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah, and, and as, as you said, I think there's a lot of... of projects going on but there's also a lot of regulation that's being talked yeah. about so um, through through very many different different dimensions directions a, a lot is happening in the industry mm-hmm. now <clears throat> since March uh, of, of 23 you are the CEO of the Finnish Green Building Council uh, as we as we said what do you see as the focus of your work for for an organization like that? And and what are the burning issues you see the Finnish Green Building Council take on as we speak, but also take on in the future? Yeah. As you mentioned, many things are are happening simultaneously, regulation and so on. So uh, we have basically two main, main things that we focus on. So together with our 300 member organizations, we are showing the way like where the world is going, for example, relating to regulation, operating environment, we are trying to explain what's going to happen mm-hmm. and how our members and others should prepare, how they could prepare. And also showing the examples of the forerunners uh, mm-hmm. who are doing things beforehand. Yeah. So kind of showing the way, but also um, helping our member organizations to cope with the changing world, what's happening today. So giving mm-hmm. them tools and so on. So... Um, The change is very fast. For example, EU taxonomy has come yeah. super fast and uh, that's impacting the company's bottom line through the uh, cost of uh, money, cost of capital. And um, uh, when you are starting to report your taxonomy alignment, for example, uh, in your annual reports, that impacts your ESG ratings, yeah. your company value. And uh, these both are directly linked to well, how well are you doing in terms of circularity mm-hmm. of your projects? Yeah. So this change is super fast, like having these uh, new requirements on what should happen on the site and that's impacting your business bottom line and yeah. your company value, at least indirectly. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. think I think that makes that makes perfect sense. Mm. And, and <clears throat> I feel that a lot of companies are struggling with with that fast change because yes, um, they, they have a day job. I mean, they they, yeah. they need to take care of the things they normally mm. take care of. And a lot of organizations don't have an army of people just sitting around yeah. waiting for new regulation, for new requirements yeah. to come yeah. in. So it's hard to react to, yeah. to all of these things. Exactly. And, and then the public pressure is another thing because yeah. the climate crisis and uh, biodiversity crisis they are pressing more and more people know know about than are aware and they are uh, demanding uh, companies to act on yeah. them and you can actually see that in everyday real estate and construction business because um, if you think about circularity um, one of the key things there is kind of uh, capturing value mm-hmm. uh, from something that's underutilized yeah. basically and uh, for our industry the basic operating logic has always been like get the most out of the land plot that you have so if you have Mm underutilized land you typically uh, take away the building that was not as you know 
uh, effective land use as it could have been and you remove it, mm-hmm. demolish that, yeah. make a bigger one. Yeah. Uh, but this has been challenged uh, mm-hmm. in, in re- like very recently. Like a, yeah. It's not okay anymore mm-hmm. to just take apart building and make a new bigger one yeah. on, on that place. But there's a new uh, kind of a completely different logic. Like you should um, keep as much of the building as you can. You should refurbish it. You should maybe uh, build something modular on top yeah. of it yeah. and, and uh, kind of uh, maintain the value of the structures as opposed to just maximizing the potential of the land plot. It's a, it's a, I fully agree with you. It's a significant mindset shift, basically, in how you think about construction, how do you think about land use, resource yeah. use, um, in, the, in the construction phase, but also in the use phase, yeah. basically, along the life cycle of the building, more or less, which is uh, naturally something very different from... Yeah, cor- correct. And use, use stage, then, then you can, uh, again, look at the kind of... Uh, value loss mm-hmm. like if you have empty spaces like yeah. and and there's a lot of new for example concepts that are like uh, it, it may not be building may not be used for single user but there's mm-hmm. multi-user yeah. buildings and uh, flexible office concepts and so on so you can actually uh, maximize the the use of the building over the life cycle of the building Interesting, and I think it goes hand in hand with what we talk about, this new way of working, naturally, yeah. the, the completely new way of using buildings in that context. Um, exactly, and uh, combining this with the kind of uh, at least present trend of, of uh, hybrid work, remote yeah. work, you don't need as much space for as many people, mm-hmm. not every day of the week. So yeah. what kind of new models that brings you? So a lot of things are changing. Interesting. A lot, a lot of things happening in, yeah. in that in that space yeah. now. Now, um, what's the strategic focus of the the Finnish Green Green Building Council? What what are the things you yeah. specifically as an organization are focusing on? Yeah, thank you for asking. And uh, we are on the last year of our current strategy, yeah. and I'm happy to work on the new one as as we speak. Uh, yeah. uh, but our key focus points are basically the operational energy of buildings that should be carbon neutral yeah. and soon. So we are pushing for the uh, profe- professional uh, real uh, estate owners to mm-hmm. turn into uh, emission-free uh, operation and that's progressing well. A second thing that's uh, uh, it's, it's more complex. So mm-hmm. how to bring down the uh, embodied carbon Mm -hmm. of the buildings, building materials that requires changes in the supply chain. And third priority is the circularity. So how to go towards fully circular built environment and our goal target year is 2030. So that's the current strategy and a new one will be within those lines, Mm -hmm. maybe a bit more ambitious. But what we are seeing is that our biodiversity, nature loss, That, that needs to be on the agenda as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, and, and I think you're, you're not running out of topics because the next topic then is, is water scarcity, fresh water yes. scarcity. So, we, a, we, yeah, we are, we are working on it, like yeah. how, how big that should be on our yeah. strategic yeah. agenda. Yeah. So, and, and after that becomes social issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We, we cannot exclude those. Yeah. Now, now the Finnish, no, not the Finnish Green Building Council mm. is an international organization, but the, the Green Building Council is mm. is a is an international organization. Um, how do you see 
from, like how do how important do you see the cooperation across different countries because different countries develop very differently uh, when when it comes to topics like circularity like sustainability um, but also how do you see the value for your 300 members um, mm -hmm. coming from that being part of this international organization yeah very good question I had a pleasure to meet with my fellow CEOs mm. from across Europe uh, on my first week at work <laughs> and, uh, but it was it was super valuable to uh, kind of uh, exchange lessons on how they are operating with mm -hmm. their member companies and and, uh, and so on but uh, um, there's definitely value in the international collaboration and having this uh, global uh, kind of a joint uh, organization because because there needs to be things happening in the Uh, European level, on the global yeah. level. And uh, we as a single Green Building Council located in Finland, we cannot push those mm -hmm. things as efficiently in the EU or in the global yeah. tables. So we need those organizations, yeah. those levels. Um, but for Finland, uh, together with our organizations, we are in a good position to um, actually put forward uh, this uh, sustainability or put forward this agenda because mm -hmm. we have uh, such a broad uh, mm -hmm. member base so if we together see that the industry should go to this direction then we have the kind of a mandate to do so mm -hmm. uh, together with our members and uh, yeah Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the EU legislation, regulation. It's, it's a, I think, a huge topic where it's important to provide expertise and, and be involved in driving the right topics. Uh, yeah, that is correct. And also explain, uh, like, uh, when, when the message uh, <laughs> comes from the Brussels to, to Helsinki, it, it tends to change on the, on the way, and, <laughs> and, uh, depending on the, on the messenger. And, uh, yeah. And then the public discussion is, is again a bit different. So uh, we also see a role there, kind of uh, trying to make the discussion understandable and, and uh, mm. focus on the right topics and uh, make sense of the world, what's actually happening happening there. And it's a, it's a complex, difficult topic mm. and, and very abstract at times. So, so I think educating people, explaining, taking people along with you, I, I would assume it's, a, it's an important part of, of the work you're doing so that, that we have the same language, that we have a level playing field and that, that we're talking about the same things. Yeah, it has to make, like a, it has to make sense for everybody mm. in, in the chain because... Yeah. Um, We may be talking uh, sustainability on, on high-level tables, but uh, if it doesn't show on the everyday work yeah. on the construction site, then it's for nothing. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have to have the whole chain from the regulation to the site and make it uh, understandable, make it meaningful and important for the people who are actually working in the projects, mm -hmm. working for the companies who are developing the projects, making, uh, designing the projects, and so on. And... Uh, Because I mentioned earlier, like there's this societal pressure mm -hmm. on sustainability. Yeah. Well, who is the society? It's us, yeah. Uh, yeah. us professionals working in different companies. And uh, there's also this internal pressure, like uh, if you are working for whatever company, and if you see that your company is not operating as sustainably as mm -hmm. it could, mm -hmm. then that's a challenge. Like every company has to have kind of a, this... Uh, 
sustainability yeah. agenda and uh, and they have to lead the way in their area and show their staff that they mm-hmm. are doing something and and they their people have an impact they yeah. have a purpose um otherwise they are risking losing those people yeah exactly and and i think you you're making a very good point there mm-hmm. i mean it's not only regulation it's not only investors but it's actually also employees and and customers that are driving this this shift and and i spoke to someone the other day uh, who was saying something along these lines we are always complaining about companies not being sustainable enough not being circular enough and all yeah. of that at the end of the day it's us It's we're awesome. working for these companies. We're not only consumers, or we're not only citizens, but we're also employees of these companies. So, mm-hmm. in the different roles that we have, yeah. we have an impact. We have a possibility to change things exactly as you as you said. So, yes, exactly. So, so when we are in our day jobs, we are not just yes passive workers yes. who have yes. no you know impact on anything. Yes, but yes, we do have. Yeah. No, I, I fully I fully agree. It's, it's something that we tend to forget at times that yeah. uh, we're not just on the consuming end, we're not just uh, riding shotgun, but we are the ones having the steering wheel at yeah. times as well. So That's correct. And um, you mentioned the consumer side yeah. as well. And then I'm thinking way way back uh, when I was starting, starting my career, um, sustainability, for example, wasn't an issue that mm-hmm. you put forward when uh, advertising new apartments, for example. Yeah. It was always like location, location and location. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, like housing projects, they always sell. Yeah. But now it's changing, mm-hmm. especially with the economy. Yeah. When it's slowing down, not every project sells. Mm-hmm. Only the best ones are selling. Yeah. And at the moment, the best ones are the ones that are also energy efficient, mm-hmm. sustainable. They have yeah. some green elements there. Uh, those are the projects that are now in high demand and mm-hmm. they actually sell for a premium yeah. as opposed to some other projects that don't sell at all. Interesting. And maybe building on that, I mean, looking into the future. Yeah. Take out your crystal ball. Let's look into yes. the future. How do you think the industry will change, will evolve in the coming years? Where do you see the main levers for companies to make an impact on topics like we mentioned mm-hmm. climate change, biodiversity loss, freshwater mm-hmm. scarcity, yeah. all of these things? Yeah, I, I see kind of a nice synergies between um, front-running cities mm-hmm. when they are developing some um, area. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they come up with the right kind of a criteria for these competitions for p- building plots and so on then kind of a great things can happen mm-hmm. so if they can give the right guidance like please take into account biodiversity carbon footprint circularity mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. on there's already companies who are looking forward for these kind of uh, competitions yeah. they are already kind of a kind of front runners they are expecting to see more ambitious criteria mm-hmm. and they are ready to kind of uh, put put the most sustainable buildings out there if they have the chance yeah. so it's not like uh, companies would be like yeah nothing can be done but they are actually looking forward to projects where they can showcase what they can do in terms of circularity mm-hmm. what they can do if they are given the opportunity to go as low carbon as possible yeah. and yeah 
if they can kind of uh, show what they can do to increase biodiversity yeah. in the cities, in the built environment. And there's already good examples on that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, like in every other industry, the, the companies mm. are serving the market and yeah. they're they're basically looking at the market demand. And if yeah. the market demand, if the operating environment is demanding, is looking, is supporting, is enabling mm-hmm. these type of buildings and also these type of investments, to, to yeah. be honest, I mean, it's also about investments, yeah. then I agree, then they have the chance to put their best foot forward. Yeah, exactly. And there's some... I don't know if they're interesting or funny or what would be the right word, but uh, for example, like nature, uh, incorporating nature into cities, Mm. like um, no one likes the concrete and brick and asphalt. Everybody like us, it's it's studied over and over again, like it's good for your mental health, Mm -hmm. it's good for your health to have something green, to have the nature in there, but for some reason the nature is not there in yeah. the cities uh-huh. and it's completely possible to have these green solutions uh, on, on your side on, on your roofs on your facades but it's not done no and and uh, why is that well I have no idea but uh, uh, but my guess is that uh, we will see more of uh, these examples where actually nature will come back mm-hmm. to cities just to give give one example No, absolutely. And and as we discussed, I think it's also mindset shift, aesthetics shift and and, Mm. and all of that uh, in in that context. Absolutely. Great. The coffee is empty uh, and and it's time to to wrap up this episode of the Circular Coffee Break. Thanks a lot, Andy, for joining me today. Really interesting topic. Thank you. We could easily continue for a couple of hours. Absolutely. My my pleasure. And thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Um, To all of you out there listening, I hope you liked today's episode and you got some new inspiration and ideas. Go over, visit the webpage of the Finnish Green Building Council or visit some of the events that uh, Andy mentioned. Um, As mentioned, if you have any comments, ideas, suggestions, please let us know uh, by leaving a comment either on your favorite podcast platform or sending us a note at info at taiwal.com. Also, please remember to subscribe to stay in the loop on new episodes that will drop uh, every two weeks. And we already have a lineup of really interesting guests from different industries, different backgrounds, very diverse group of of people that can provide different aspects and different perspectives on circularity. I'm looking forward to seeing you all here at the Circular Coffee Break.